Welcome to the Hatch and Curiosity podcast, where homeschooling families cultivate innovation through curiosity, creativity, and critical thinking. I'm your host, Christina Hatch. You're listening to episode 16, Write It Down. Okay, so I could take a lot of different directions with this, and honestly, I kind of did. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of family record keeping, but we're also going to talk about historically what happened to societies that failed to keep records, the brain science behind writing, and then also how to develop writing with your children before they're actually able to write. So we're going to cover all the bases today. What got my brain started on this topic was sitting out in the warm sunshine with a cold drink, fantasizing about this summer and how I am so excited to plan for next school year. You know how most homeschool moms, after having a bit of a summer break, get excited for the next school year and start daydreaming and romanticizing about what it'll bring, or at the very least, troubleshooting last year's fails and then get tactical about what they're going to do next year. Well, I like to start doing this before the previous year even gets out. But even so, I get caught up in all the planning and creating lesson plans that sometimes I forget to live fully in the moment that I'm in right now. I even forget to have those little learning adventures that I had spent all that time daydreaming about last summer. Well, one thing that has helped me to be more present in my homeschool and to actually have those adventures is when I record them. Taking pictures and sharing them with my family and on Instagram is fun, but those pictures really help me to see the beauty in what we're doing. Because in that moment when there's paint out and nine kids around the kitchen table, it can be a little chaotic. Don't drink the paint water. But when I look at the pictures again that night before I post it, I can see how he was really into that project. Or look at the way she's paying attention to detail. Or, oh my gosh, how cute is that baby with blue paint on his face laughing? I swear, it is a scientific fact that my kids are cuter in photographs. Like the way we all swoon over sleeping babies. And then we actually end up crying when we're cleaning up their spit up for the 18th time that day. (laughs) Something magical happens in those moments that biologically endears them to us. Looking at those photos, whether it's before I post them or two years later in a scrapbook, helps me to see how much we really get done and will help the kids remember the good times and adventures of their childhood. Wanting to create those memories to look back on is what motivates me to do the projects now. Even the memories that are not so Insta-worthy are good to record. When I was very pregnant with my third, I had to go lay down for an hour because the Braxton Hicks were so severe, I just couldn't stand. When I got up, I discovered that my two-year-old had found the Nesquik all over the couch. The microfiber couch, to be precise, and the two loads of laundry that it had taken me a full week to wash, and the carpet, and his brother, My husband was out of town at work, and so this mess was all on me. I started crying. (laughs) For a split second, I thought I was going to lose it. Then I remembered all the fiascos that my aunt had with her crazy little girls and how she never wrote them down or took pictures and how she regrets it. So I went and grabbed my camera and took a photo. He turned to give me the biggest chocolatey grin I have on record, and I have to laugh. Okay, to be perfectly honest, it hurt really bad cleaning that mess up, but today, it's one of my favorite photographs. Remembering how my mother and I grieved so differently after my grandmother's death 
taught me a lot about empathy and the importance of supporting each other after a loss in the way that they want to be supported. Journaling my feelings helped me work through my grief, but also remember the best way to love my own mother. Journaling can help you gain clarity of thought, record important life events, and remember experiences and cultivate gratitude. Right now, we're going through a historic event. Every few years, someone asks me where I was on 9-11, and while I remember the details as vivid as my grandmother remembers the day Kennedy got shot, my kids won't know her story when they're grown, and my great-great-grandkids won't know mine unless we record it in some way. Throughout history, there are countless examples of cultures that are all but lost because their only history was kept in an oral tradition. The Druids believed their religion was too sacred to write down, so after the Romans took over, there's truly little known about their ancient beliefs, practices, and wisdom. The same can be said for the ancient African history or the traditional stories of the Pacific Island people after colonization changed the way their societies functioned and the stories that they told. That beautiful, rich oral history slowly disappeared with time. The Egyptians, while one of the older civilizations, were excellent at writing their history, which is why we know more about them than other equally advanced societies on the other side of the world. Unfortunately, for a while, their history was kept on papyrus, which disintegrated with time. So the majority of the records we have today are the ones that were kept in stone. What that means for today is yet to be seen, but technology is always improving. The faded photographs from our grandparents will not happen to our printed images as quickly because of the improvements in printing, ink, and digital storage. However, we can't take for granted our digital age because things are constantly changing with technology. I mean, just think of all the family videos you guys have on VHS that you can't even play anymore. While we may not be in control over what happens to our personal histories after we record them, it is so important that we try. Our prosperity will be fascinated with the lives we lived generations from now, and our memories are sometimes all we have left after a life well lived. Recording your family's history can be done with photos and or text. This winter, I kept seeing swoon-worthy hardbound planners. I was determined to get one, but none of them had exactly what I was looking for. So I did what I always do and I made my own. I included elements from each of the planners I liked and the one that I was currently using. One new feature that I've absolutely loved is the once weekly, my favorite thing that happened this week section, where I literally just take a moment to write down my favorite thing that happened that week or the cute things that my kids have said. While I'm meal planning and scheduling for the week on Sunday nights, I write down the things that are just so easy for us to forget. It makes it easy to pull quotes from my yearly scrapbook, and it's really a practice in gratitude, which keeps me grounded. Another way to make record keeping seamless is by using an app like Cozy, where you can take pictures and write journal entries, kind of like Facebook posts, and then email or print them later. Facebook has a fun throwback feature. I know that my sister loves this because she posts like every photo she ever takes on Facebook. And I said, you really only need to post a couple pictures. And she says, no, you don't understand. This is how I'm recording my kid's childhood. I'll be able to go back on Facebook anytime I want and see everything that they've done, which is kind of a neat feature, but there is a risk of losing it if the app changes. I kept my entire first pregnancy journal on a baby website that no longer exists. To build any habit, you just need to tie it to something you already do. I added weekly journaling to weekly planning. You might add it to your bedtime ritual or maybe block out a couple of days after Christmas each year to build a memory book. 
Beyond keeping a record of your memories and recording your family history, there's power in writing things down. It helps you to organize your thoughts, clear your mind for new ideas, makes you repeat your own mental composition, which solidifies it in your memory. For example, a study was done that showed that people who kept notes scored better on exams than those who didn't. But surprisingly, whether or not they actually reread the notes made little difference. The act of writing it down was what concreted the new information in their mind, not being able to reference it later. Repeating back what you have learned is a common theme in education. It's debatable who said it, but it has been said that you haven't truly learned something until you can repeat it, which is why Charlotte Mason encourages narration as a key tool for learning. She said, a narration should be original as it comes from the child, that his own mind should have acted on the matter he received. Acting on the matter they received is thinking about, remembering, and storing the information, then recomposing it in a way that makes sense to them before expressing it to us. According to Mike Murphy from Forbes, neuroscience explains that our brain is constantly encoding the messages we receive as important, remember this, or not important, discard. And then it determines whether we have to save something in long-term or short-term memory. Writing things down is a multi-sensory experience that lights up many parts of your brain, signaling that the information being transcribed is important and should be remembered. It's even more powerful when we generate the information ourselves. What we discover, we own. A key principle from Montessori, generating our thoughts or take on a subject helps us to own those thoughts and discoveries. This starts as a verbal narration and then grows into written ones as children progress in their education, but making that transition can be hard. When you think about everything that is happening for a person to write something down, it's really incredible. You need to know what sounds the letters make, how to blend them into words, what those words mean, how to form the letters on paper, and then make your hand do what your mind is telling it to with muscle memory. You need to understand grammar and sentence structure, context, have vocabulary of words to express yourself with. You need to come up with an idea and then find a way to express it clearly. Then get those thoughts down on paper using all of the above skills. I am exhausted just thinking about it. And for our little guys, refining their reading and writing skills, it's a big ask on their little brains to try to do that many steps at once. This is why Charlotte Mason starts out with oral narrations before moving on to written ones and offers lots of handwriting practice and dictation to model good writing long before they put their own thoughts down on paper. By verbally narrating, they're able to work on the skills of composition, organizing their thoughts, recalling information, and improving the vocabulary separate from the writing skills they're developing so as to not overwhelm them but still get the benefits of narrating their own thoughts. Julie Bogart from Brave Writer had a great idea on teaching kids to narrate as a first step towards writing. She suggests writing their stories and ideas for them. So if, for example, they're telling you a goofy story about a monkey and a banana, say, hold on a second, this is really good, I want to write it down. Then make sure you get all the details right and read it back to them, and maybe even the family at dinner, saying, hey, listen to this funny story Otto told me today. Taking their dictation emphasizes that their words have value how writing is a way to express yourself and creates investment in writing. An example of writing narrations like this is when I do it with nature study. My five-year-old loves the time and attention from mom, so he does careful and intentional work when we sit down together. Even the older kids up to age 12 give me a lot more detail, insight, and questions than when I lead them to write their own thoughts. 
Not only are they able to make more connections because their thoughts are not slowed down by their ability to write, but it creates powerful emotional connection to written language, which lays the foundation for good writing later. Dale Carnegie once said that a man who can speak well is giving all kinds of credit, either due or undue, over a man who cannot. Imagine how much more a child who can write well will do. Getting in the practice of writing things down, notes, maps, narrations, data, will serve them in every pursuit. As in all things, we should model what we expect. We should keep a journal or scrapbook, occasionally writing a poem with our kids when they do it. Keep a nature journal and find opportunities to improve our writing and record keeping so that they can see that it's just a normal part of everyday life. Keeping a gratitude journal is grounding and has been shown time and time again to ingrain an optimistic perspective and increase peace and happiness. I mean, honestly, isn't that what we're all after? It's leveraging the power of writing to make us into grateful people. Multiply this effect in recording positive memories, careful observations, and insights from our reading, and we're training our brains to think deeply and compassionately. In doing so, we will scoop up all the brain benefits for ourselves and set the kids on a course to make their own connections. Before you can get creative, you need to understand the foundational principles. Our little ones need writing instruction to read great books and practice narration when they're young so that they can express their own ideas when they're older. We need to remember these times so that when we're asking ourselves, how did it go so fast? We'll have journals, pictures, and memories to look back on. The pen is mightier than the sword, and if we want our children to wield it well, we need to instill a love of writing and sharpen our own skills as we grow together in our homeschool. I hope you're inspired to keep the little adventures going through the end of the school year and to record your work and to help them record theirs. Until next time, stay curious and write it down.